0: Hey everybody, hope you're doing well out there. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to the Ducks Sportscast again today. Uh, So, Aurora and I are here and excited to cover the NBA opening games to start the season. Uh, It was a very exciting uh, couple games last night uh, for people to watch. I think uh, a little surprising for some fans, either way that you look at it. Um, But essentially, you know, when we look at how it how it played out, the the two better teams at the time definitely won out. So that doesn't always happen in the NBA, so we'll definitely cover that. Also going to talk about <clears throat> the end of Sunday night's football game and uh, Monday night's football game, thrilling Monday night football game. And then uh, we will cover a little bit about Thursday night as it comes up right around the corner. And, you know, a few little topics here and there to sprinkle in. But uh, <clears throat> first off, we touch on the... Uh, end of the Sunday night football game. This game was uh, Pittsburgh Steelers up against Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you guys were listening to us before, uh, when we were recording on Sunday night during the game, you know, we anticipated that the Seahawks would come back. Um, we, we actually said they would probably win the game. Uh, that was like our best guess. It was like a 50, 50 guess. Um, really at that point, it was so hard to tell. Um, what was going to happen? I knew they were going to come back into the game, though. It's just something with this Pittsburgh offense; they cannot get things going. Uh, it does not look good out there uh, under any <laughs> under any circumstance the way you look at it. And um, you know, it's just apparent to me that this offense is really, really struggling. So you know, they came out, scored points, did well in the first half, and so I'm sitting there thinking, man, they're going to have some in the second half. Like they're going to regress to the mean. That's just what happens. So um, anyway, they did. Seattle did come back in this game uh forced it to go into overtime uh, unfortunately you know Gino did Gino things um you know g- couldn't couldn't end up getting getting points out there in the overtime when they needed to and uh came out flat on that drive and Steelers ended up getting a field goal to get the win so uh you know good grinded out win for the Pittsburgh Steelers I mean you know kudos to them to get that that grind out win like this i mean 3 and 3 i'm shocked they're 3 and 3 this is a team that does not it doesn't have any business being 3 and 3 right now um, you know just some wins that really you know kind of kind of blew my mind uh, for yeah for whatever reasons but they they blew my mind and uh yeah i think it was interesting to see them come back and get this win so if you look at it i mean we were right in the sense that Seattle was coming back in this game, but, yeah, we had the total wrong. Um, that's one we definitely missed, and, and, you know, again, kudos to Pittsburgh to, to get that win in overtime. It could have been either team uh, when it came down to overtime in this game. But Alex Collins filling in for the injured Chris Carson on the Seahawks side. I mean, this bodes well for all fantasy managers who picked up Alex Collins. He had 20 carries, 100, 101 yards. That's 5.1 yards per carry, which is fantastic, and he had a touchdown. Travis Homer's a guy who had some highlights. Two carries, 27 yards. You know, even DJ Dallas did well with four carries on 17 yards per carry. So I mean, their running game was fantastic up against this uh, Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Geno Smith played well. He did what he needed to do, and they didn't try to keep him from throwing the ball. He threw for over 30 times. So 23 for 32 for the day for him. 209 yards on the day, 6.5 yards step per target. Um, you know, one touchdown. No interceptions. He took five sacks, you know, so he didn't get a clean pocket all the time, as we saw late in the game. T.J. Watt was getting after it, but um, yeah, overall, it, it wasn't an amazing day for Geno Smith by any means. But it was it was what the Seahawks need from Geno Smith to win games. If he continues playing like this, they have a chance to win games while Russ is out, and that's really all they need from Geno at this point. Um, receiving wise, you know, we'll just mention, you know. One guy, really, D.K. Metcalf, six catches, 58 yards on the day, no touchdowns, but he on on seven targets. So uh, it was clear that D.K. Metcalf and him um, and Gino had uh, some chemistry there. They were looking for each other, knew what was going on. Tyler Lockett had seven targets as well, but he only had two catches, so they weren't on the same page as much as uh metcalf and smith on the pittsburgh side this is the thing i'm worried about guys look at this 29 for 40 for ben rossberg people are gonna say oh well that's not bad okay 229 yards oh okay well that's not bad that's 5.7 depth per target average that's not good guys geno smith out averaged him on yards um he had one touchdown no interceptions he took one sack so he's getting a clean pocket but the guy can't throw guys his arm is going to fall off It it doesn't look the same It's huge to me uh, to to see the regression that he's taken, uh, even from last year to this year. So I'm just still concerned about this. This is why they couldn't put up points against a Seahawks team that has bled points mostly this year, Um, and and they're going to continue to not be able to put up points. And so this defense can be great, and they'll win games because they have a really good defense, and and that will happen. Special teams can get some some fluky things every now and then, and they'll win some games like they did against Buffalo early in the year. But this is something how – that that is going to continue lingering on and over the course of the season it's going to weigh out it's going to weigh out and this team is going to be under 500 um I'm just telling you right now and that's a really hard division anyway that's a really hard division you know with the Ravens Bengals Browns all looking really good too it's a really tough division for Pittsburgh to be in and I just don't see them ended up in the playoffs at all um Najee Harris again is the the bright spot for the team you know he had 24 carries 84 yards or 81 yards on the day. That's 3.4 yards per carry. That you'd like to get that average a little bit up, but for some reason they were having some some struggles uh, running the ball up against the Seahawks defense. Um, probably because they could stack the line. Everybody's starting to see they can stack the box. I think Najee Harris is going to get a little bit less running room than he's been getting because people are going to really stack that line, and they know they can't because Rossberg can't get it deep downfield. Uh, Deontay Johnson was uh, the big. Uh, player for receiving wise I mean he got 13 targets this has been Ross Berger's guy he goes to him over and over and over um, nine catches on the day 71 yards 7.9 uh, average depth per target on the or per catch on that Najee Harris had uh, seven targets six catches 46 yards so this and a touchdown a receiving touchdown so this guy is getting work Najee Harris is getting work in the passing game and in the rushing game um, so he's definitely a guy that is one of you know the viable fantasy options think deontay smith is the deontay johnson is the other one but other than that i don't think you can trust anybody out there for fantasy purposes but yes Steelers get the win 23 to 20 um reluctant win there for the the Steelers. and again i would be worried and concerned about ron Rossberger. the more and more i see the more i don't like now talk about um Monday night football. This game was a fantastic game. This was left and right, back and forth. These teams were blow for blow for blow and man, it was it was really really good game. I'm surprised that the Tennessee Titans ended up pulling out the win. And so 34 to 31, Tennessee Titans get the win in this one. And you know, in this game, it looked, you know, again, we're surprised by the Titans, but I mean, we shouldn't be at this point. They're they're a team that can beat anyone on any given day, if Derrick Henry gets things going, and he did. Derek Henry had 20 carries on for 143 yards. Okay, guys, this guy is, this guy is an animal. Okay, he's a monster. He is is a freak of nature built by some mechanic somewhere. Okay, this is a machine. All right. He had three touchdowns on the day to go along with his 143-yard rushing day. Ryan Tannehill threw 18 for 29. He did throw an interception, no touchdowns. So we've seen Ryan Tannehill regress to the mean a little bit from where he was last year. He hasn't played as well this year. But I think that's because he's trying to develop this chemistry with these players. And if you look at Ryan Tannehill, I think he played so well last year because there was less pressure. There was less uh, you know feed this guy feed this guy this guy's talent this guy's talent like there was less of that last year you know when you add julio jones in the mix that does change some things up and i think for him he's just adjusting to that you know you when you look at it where oh you got to get this guy this many touches and this guy this many touches i think that can mess with his head i think he played a little better in this game you look at it julio jones only had five targets aj brown had nine aj brown is the go-to guy for him he has good chemistry with him, and he will develop it with Julio Jones over, over time. But I think he's been trying to force some things to Julio um, and some of these other guys out there, and it's just caused some some clunky stuff uh, out there on the offensive end. So, anyway, great day. Uh, like I said, A.J. A.J. Brown, seven catches, 91 yards on the day. Julio Jones actually had three, tar- three catches for 59 yards, so pretty good day by him. Uh, no passing touchdowns to record for them, but, man, the three touchdowns for Derrick Henry uh, and Ryan Tannehill had a rushing touchdown, so that's good for fantasy managers. Uh, th- this team is – they were on a roll uh, in this game, and there was nothing Buffalo could do to stop Derrick Henry. Uh, seriously, there was absolutely nothing they could do to stop him. You know, Josh Allen threw for 35 thirty uh, five 35- uh for 47 353 yards on the day, three touchdowns, one interception. That's a pretty decent day. I mean, for a guy like Josh Allen, you know he's going to throw some picks here and there. Uh you know, he's not going to be like Aaron Rodgers type of efficient, but you know he's going to be really good. He's also got, you know, more more to do in the run game. Um so he had nine rushes for 26 yards as well to go along with that. Um Solid overall game. Devin Singletary held in check, five carries for 27 yards. Zach Moss held in check, eight carries for 24 yards. I mean, they could not get anything going rushing the ball. They had 82 rushing yards. Derrick Henry outrushed their entire team. Okay, let's just, let's just make that clear. He outrushed their entire team. Unless carries, by the way, he had 20 carries. Their whole team had 23, and he still outrushed them by a large margin. Um, I will I will add to that. Um, Passing wise, I mean, they did they did a good job. They got the ball down the field. They they stretched the field. You know, Josh Allen threw for over three hundred yards. He threw for three fifty three. So, you know, they did a good job out there getting the ball downfield, and and their passing offense looked good. But man, this game was fantastic. Like I said, just just executed very well from Tennessee Titans. This was more about the Titans rising up and running on the shoulders of Derrick Henry. Um, you know, pun intended, and Buffalo just couldn't handle it like they were just getting worn down worn down worn down and the Tennessee defense stepped up in the four quarter which we haven't seen them do very much this year step up and help their team that much win games they did in this game so you know you look at it the four quarter Buffalo didn't score any points Tennessee Tennessee scored 10 and that was the difference maker there uh so you know Derrick Henry gets better and better as the game goes on people say that all the time about him and that it, it's it's absolutely true you know he had a six, 76 yard rushing touchdown um in this game and that was a pretty early on but late in the game they could not stop him he kept pounding the rock and they couldn't do anything about it uh receiving wise uh, you know, for fantasy purposes, hey, Stephon Diggs, great game, nine catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Cole Beasley had a touchdown on the day with 88 yards to go along with seven catches, and Emmanuel Sanders had 91 yards to lead the team in yardage uh, on five catches. Uh, so he got some good deep balls looked at for him. Uh, had a long of 31 out there, but yeah, so th- this was really good, really good to see. Dawson Knox got a little bit banged up, so that's a tight end. I know everybody was kind of, um, you know, streaming there for a little bit, but he did get banged up in this game. Wish him the best and hope he gets better soon. Uh, but yeah, this was a really great game, <laughs> a very exciting game. I I, I loved it, and I want to see more games like this where I want to see more teams like this where they're dictated based on the run, and-, and they're pounding that rock, and they're saying, you know what, we're just a better team than you we're going to pound it down your throat and that's what tennessee titans did so kudos to them they get the win 34 to 31 now transitioning to the nba a little bit here so it was the opening night of the nba season uh you know the brooklyn nets ended up playing the milwaukee bucks in the home in the home opener uh for the milwaukee bucks and man here's the thing guys Uh, milwaukee was the better team they played better out there than, than the Brooklyn Nets. They, they shared the ball. They had better chemistry. Uh, it's clear the Nets still have to gel. They still have to work things in. James Harden and Kevin Durant didn't have a lot of time playing together last year. You know, Nick, Nick Claxton was thrown in the starting lineup, and people didn't expect that. Like they, They've added a bunch of role players, You know, Paul Millsap, James Johnson, LaMarcus Aldridge. Like, they, like I said, the, the list goes on. Patty Mills, for example. I mean, they've added a lot of different guys, and they got to figure out how to mesh um, on this team, right? Now, Patty Mills, he's a guy that doesn't need any help. He can get himself going. He had 21 points in this game, and 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 that's what he does. He went seven for seven from the three-point line. I mean, they should have just kept giving the guy the ball and let him shoot the rock. But they lost this game, 127 to 104, to the Milwaukee Bucks. And again, it's just it, this is not about the Brooklyn Nets. This this has nothing to do with the Brooklyn Nets. This is everything to do with the Milwaukee Bucks. They are just that good of a team. Um, they are a team in every sense of the word. They share the ball. They do what they need to do. Yes, Giannis is the leader, but Giannis doesn't—he doesn't come across as that. Oh, give me the ball, you know, in the late court. Give me the ball, you know, eighty percent of the time down the court. And I, no, no, no. Y'all do your thing, and I'll figure out how to get mine. You know, I will figure it out, right? Um, he made a three in the game. Uh, he shot seven for nine from the free throw line, which was astounding for him. Like. Guys, if he can shoot like this, if this is what we're going to be seeing from him from a free throw standpoint, I don't know what you can do to stop this guy offensively. He's an animal. Uh, He had an amazing block in the game as well. Giannis is going to be a great player for many years to come. Last year was not a fluke. What we've seen from him is not a fluke. You know, we've seen guys come in, have some great seasons, and then just drop off. You know, Dwight Howard, things like that in their careers. We're not going to see that from this guy. He's just getting better and better. So that's what we want to see from him now when you look at you know the stats i mean Giannis went off he had 14 rebounds seven assists one steal two blocks and 32 points um really great game by him chris middleton 20 points on the day uh nine rebounds and drew Holiday left this game uh with a heel contusion uh so we hope him the best hope that he can be recover and get back soon i hope that's nothing serious and brooke lopez he played great in this game his stats don't really show everything that he did but he he Play great in this game. Um, so they've got everything they need out there. They had some bench guys step in, do really well. I'll tell you, um, the one guy, uh, Noara, he played really well. Shot the ball well, made three of six from three point line, uh, six for 13 overall in field goals, rebounded the ball. Uh, got Scrappy in there, uh, did some good defensive plays. Like He had 15 points on the night. So this is a guy to watch uh, for Milwaukee. I think he's going to step in and, and be a real good fill-in role off the bench for them. Um, good young kid. Now for the for the Brooklyn Nets side, Kevin Durant, 32 points, to go along with 11 rebounds. James Harden had 20 points to go along with 8 rebounds. James Harden looked a little bit timid to me. He only shot 8 three-pointers on the day. Uh, typically he shoots – Uh, i think a little bit more than that um so i think he'll get a little bit of a rhythm going and things too he start he's trying to fill out this team and let guys get their things going at some point he's going to to take over um ultimately yes they added some depth but they didn't add a lot of scoring depth all these guys they added to me they didn't add a lot of scoring power and that's the thing that's going to really really be their achilles heel and that's what happened in this game they couldn't end up scoring when it got down late in the game if they wanted to shut down kevin durant they could do everything they could to shut him down and nobody else had an answer when he had to give the ball up. So um, really great one from the Brooklyn Nets I think, or for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think the Brooklyn Nets will get better as time goes on. Um, and you know, we'll mention real quick about Kyrie Irving. So as many of you know, he has chosen not to get the COVID vaccine. Uh, he has, he is the starting point guard of this team making millions of dollars. He's going to make $17 million sitting on his butt on a couch this year. Okay. Not doing his job. So because he's doing that, It is is very upsetting. Um, It's very upsetting for a lot of people. I mean, he wants to sit there and be upset about people losing their jobs because they can't take the vaccine. Okay, I get that. I I get it. I I get your problem with that. I understand it, hundred percent. I also understand where you're trying to come from and making awareness for this. Okay, completely understand that. My challenges with this is that one, you are sitting there and you are saying, you know what? I don't need my money. So I'm going to sit on my butt and not make any money. I'm not going to go work when I have the opportunity. These are people that are losing their jobs because of COVID. Okay? They're losing it. They don't have the opportunity to work because they because they have to make a personal choice for themselves. And, and they're losing their job. They're choosing to not go to their job. What are you doing? You're choosing to sit on your butt and still get paid. Okay, If you want to make a statement, if you want to sit there and, and be in everybody else's shoes and you, you actually want to talk your talk, you want to walk your talk? How about you don't take your money either, Kyrie. Take that $17 million you're making this year and set it to the side and say, you know what, I don't want none of that money. Don't pay me. Okay? Make that final. Have the Brooklyn Nets send it to organizations helping with employment or something like that. Okay? Don't sit there and say all this crap and say you're trying to be an advocate and you're trying to relay this message and create awareness and all this stuff when you're sitting there on your butt making 17 million dollars when these people you're supposedly representing they lose their opportunity to work and they don't get paid a dime okay so it's a very different situation so one i think to me that it just doesn't that doesn't fit that doesn't look really good to me that's something i haven't seen a lot of people talk about but that does that's not a good look to me for Kyrie's uh position second to this is that Kyrie has said he's not against the vaccine. He's just upset that people are losing their jobs because they don't get the vaccine. Okay, I get it. But at the same time, you want to create awareness for this. You're not helping anyone by sitting on your rear end. Okay? Get on the court and play games. Get on the court last night up against the Milwaukee Bucks and help your team get a win. Go out there, ball out, help your team get a win against Milwaukee, and why don't you get a post-game interview because you played so well on the court? And on that press and that post-game interview, talk about the issue. Bring awareness to it. If you want to have a voice, you have a platform none of us have the opportunity to have. I don't have a platform to get up there on TNT and, and talk to people post-game. I don't have the opportunity to do that. I'm doing a podcast that probably nobody listens to. So why don't you actually use the avenues you have which is much more powerful than you sitting on your rear end every day doing nothing why don't you use those avenues to play the game make big plays do what you need to do on the court for your teammates that you clearly are showing you don't care about either and use that platform to elevate your message that you're trying to to send to people okay i'm not saying whether i agree or disagree with what he has to say about the vaccine and all that like i mean whatever it's each their own at this point for me like but he has no right to sit there and go about these things the way he's going about it because it's working against him it's not helping him his awareness is not being made everybody's just sitting there talking about how he's a a selfish player everybody's talking about how he doesn't care about his teammates he doesn't care about his, his community, his team, his organization. Everybody's just talking about how he's lazy and doesn't want to play basketball. Like, that's what people are saying about him. People aren't sitting there talking about the vaccine. People aren't sitting there talking about these things, which he could do in press conferences and he could do on, on social media after games and, and and things like that. He could do those things to elevate that message. Now he can't because he's sitting on his rear end doing nothing. So it's it's absolutely stupid to me. Um but, yeah, anyway, um, back to it, 127-104, Milwaukee Bucks get the win. A lot of distraction there for Brooklyn, obviously, with what's going on with Kyrie. I don't think that played a, played a factor. I think they'll get better as the season goes on. So, Next, the last game of the night was the Warriors up against the Los Angeles Lakers. And, man, you know, it, it was interesting. It was a home game for the Lakers. They got a lot of great talent on their team, and here's the thing that everybody wanted to sit there and say, "Oh my God, the the Warriors aren't ready. The Warriors aren't ready. They're gonna get beat by the Los Angeles Lakers." Guys, I could, I could have told you going into this game, this was not going to be a blowout, okay? Where the Lakers uh, killed the Warriors, okay? If anything, this was more of a blowout for the Golden State Warriors beating the Lakers because this score at the end of the game wasn't as close as it really was. Mentally, LeBron didn't look challenged. He didn't look like he was really trying to go get that win. Anthony Davis didn't look determined to get this win. Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook looked like the ghost of Russell Westbrook out there. He he looked nothing like himself. Okay? He shot 13 shots. 13 shots. He only made he only scored 8 points in the game. That's that's atrocious for this guy. Okay? He had 5 rebounds, 4 assists. This is not a stat line that you want to see out of a Russell Westbrook. Let me tell you that right now. If you are a Lakers fan, you need him to go on the court. And when he steps on the court, he's like, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. Okay, this is Russell Westbrook's time. LeBron James is past that prime. Anthony Davis, <laughs> Anthony Davis hasn't played to his prime in a couple years now because he came to the Lakers. Doesn't he wants to play fancy ball out on the perimeter and 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 not get away from his real game? This game, he did what he needed to do. He looked good. He showed up. He played in the paint, hard basketball. He, he, and, and he scored a lot of buckets in the paint. He had 11 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, 33 points on the night. That's what you need from Anthony Davis. So I'm, I'm glad to see that it looked like he might be actually willing to get in the paint and bang up a little bit as a professional basketball player with other people and score points. LeBron James did his thing, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Who's the odd man out here? Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook got outscored by Carmelo Anthony okay the ghost of carmelo anthony seriously seriously what are we doing here what are we doing kim basemore had the same amount of points as russell westbrook come on guys (laughs) this this is a joke russell westbrook step up make the plays don't sit there and be like oh i'm gonna take a back seat i'm you know these guys are great these guys are great guys like shut up You're a great player, too. Get out there and do your thing. But they haven't meshed. It's clear they haven't meshed. Um, This is also a team that isn't built as a full team. They have a lot of pieces that they've thrown together. I don't think it works. I don't like the dynamic of the team. I think it's going to work against them throughout the year. And if you look in this game, that's what happened. The dynamic of the team broke down as the game goes on. If you're in close games, the better team is going to win out. It doesn't matter where you are. I know sometimes in the NBA, a lot of times in the NBA, the better team doesn't win because one star or two stars on one team just goes off off but in this game the the Golden State Warriors weathered every storm they weathered every single storm every time the Lakers went up what they do they fought and clawed their way back they come back they came back in games and tied it up and fans didn't even know they tied it up because the atmosphere in the arena didn't let you feel like they were making runs. They subtly did what they needed to do. They played light to me like what a championship type of team would do. We're, we're going to just slowly fight our way back. We're going to slowly stay in this. And when it gets time in the clutch, you know what? We're going to take over. And that's what they did. That's what they did. They had Jordan Poole step up, played really well. Uh, he shot 4 of 11 from three-point line. Hopefully he can shoot a little bit better in the fu- future games. He's, he had some really bad clunkers out there shooting from three. But you know, ultimately, look at this team. They spread the ball around, and everybody scored. You know, Damian Lee had 15 points. Bielitza had 15 points. Andre Iguodala had 12. Jordan Poole, 20. Steph Curry, 21, to go with 10 assists and 9 rebounds. Andrew Wiggins, 12 points. Okay, did you guys count that? That's six guys in double figures. Six guys in double figures. You want to know how many people was in double figures for the Lakers? Two. Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That's it. And you know what? Who won the game? The team that got that spread the ball more. The team that had everybody who's capable of making shots. Everybody was involved throughout the game. The passing was amazing. I mean, guys, look at the assists, okay? The Lakers had 21 assists on the night. 21 assists. The Warriors had 30 assists on the night, okay? They, they, they dominated them from sharing the ball, getting it around. Draymond Green, Steph Curry looked premium pass passers in this game. They, they both played amazing. Uh, Draymond Green had six assists to go along with eight rebounds and six points. He did his thing. It's what he always does. Um, th- this is a team that don't ever count out the Golden State Warriors. They can always play great team basketball and beat other teams that don't want to sit there and do that if you got guys that just pound the rock pound the rock pound the rock like LeBron Westbrook AD if those guys are cold they're, they're gonna have struggles whereas the Golden State Warriors they can always find somebody they can always find somebody they can share the ball they can play good offense and get someone open and involved and that's what they did throughout this game only one guy on the roster didn't score and that's Gary Payton the second everybody else on this team for Golden State scored the ball okay and every one of them played every one of them played so everybody contributed and that's what we're going to see from the Golden state wars they're going to scrap they're going to fight they're going to get some wins against teams that they shouldn't get wins against that people think they shouldn't get wins against because people count them out because of the star power all they only got Steph curry who else they got i don't care guys they got a great team they got a great team that's been meld, melded together over years, and they've got a core of people that have played together over the last few years, and and that is what's going to make a difference here. So, really good win uh, for you know Golden State Warriors to come out, um, you know punch the Lakers in the mouth. LeBron James didn't really seem like he cared they lost that game at the end of it, like, and he doesn't. He doesn't. He just he doesn't care at this point. He just wants to squeak in the playoffs, and then turn things on. That's what he. That's what he's all about right now. You now let me rest. Let me sit a bunch of games. Oh Anthony Davis, you're gonna come play with me. Oh let me let me tell you my secret: sit out half the season, and you know when we get in the playoffs, we'll just turn it on. Stupid, stupid guys. Um, you can't do that. And I think the Lakers, if this is the way they're gonna come out, this is as flat they're gonna come out. They're gonna just sit there and pound a rock, pound a rock, pound a rock, and they're just gonna lean on Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And Russell Westbrook's gonna take a side seat. That doesn't bode well. Now I think they'll get it together. I think Russell Westbrook will understand. Hey, I gotta do my thing. I gotta I gotta do me out there. And when he does, they will play better. But. I don't have them as a championship favorite. I don't have them as a favorite in the West. So, take that for what it's worth, but which is nothing, you know, but... That's, that's where we're at. So, anyway, let's preview uh, the Thursday night football game coming up. Denver up against Cleveland. Um, I know a torn Labrum is something that uh, Baker Mayfield's dealing with right now. It's a very severe issue uh, because it could get really bad really quickly. He re-aggravated it in their last game. He, he is hopeful that he's going to play in this game. If, if I'm the Browns, I'm not going to touch playing him in this game. Like, honestly, I'd rather get this loss and let him rest because look what's happening with Christian McCaffrey out in Carolina. He's having to sit more games. He's on IR again because they rushed him back too quick. I don't want that for my starting quarterback. So learn from some of these other teams and don't go that route. It's not a good thing to do, and you're going to risk something that's way too valuable for you. So anyway, um, Cleveland, Denver. Uh, really good matchup. I I mean, honestly, if Baker Mayfield was healthy, if all the receivers were healthy for Cleveland, I'd feel a little bit better about Cleveland's chances in this. Honestly, I got Denver winning this game. I think they're going to be fine. I think their receivers are looking good. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is melding with those receivers really well. Him and Cortland Sutton got something going on. Him and Noah Fant got something going on. Um, and rushing-wise, I mean, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams are both really good running backs. So um, I think they'll play well in this game. I think they will edge out the win because I don't see Den- Cleveland putting up a ton of points in this game game even if Baker Mayfield's playing he's hurt he's not gonna play all that well and they're missing their two starting running backs I mean they are injured as as injured as you can be from a starting standpoint so look for Denver to win this game purely out of attrition Um, I I do think Cleveland's a better team overall right now but Denver's got a great defense they're gonna play really well out there defensively and uh, keep the score low and ultimately I think they'll end up putting up more points on the board again, because of those injuries, but yeah, so thank you guys so much, uh, we'll talk to you again on Friday, please like, share, subscribe uh, to the podcast, we appreciate all the support out there, um, yeah, really appreciate it. thank you guys so much, and we'll talk to you again on Friday.